Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello again, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. And if you're watching online, thanks for watching today as well. So have you ever heard something unbelievable, unbelievable, but because they were so convincing, you actually started to believe it? You ever been there before? Like you've heard it so much, they were so convincing, it's like, well, maybe, maybe that's actually true. Well, back in 1938, there was this radio broadcast called War of the Worlds Radio Broadcast. Let me read this. On Halloween morning, 1938... Orson Welles awoke to find himself the most talked-about man in America. The night before, Welles and his Mercury Theater on the Air had performed a radio adapt adaptation of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds. Anybody ever read that book? A few of us. Converting the 40-year-old novel into fake news bulletins describing a Martian invasion of New Jersey. Some listeners mistook those bulletins for the real thing. And their anxious phone calls to police, newspaper offices, and radio stations convinced many journalists that the show had caused nationwide hysteria. By the next morning, the 23-year-old Wells' face and name were on the front pages of newspapers coast to coast, along with headlines about the mass panic his CBS broadcast had allegedly inspired. So many people heard that broadcast on that day, and actually believed that we had been invaded by Martians. Of course, this wasn't true, but Orson Welles and his team were so convincing that many people believed it. Recently, in a July article, you might have seen this in the newspaper, there was a headline that said, Whistleblower tells Congress the U.S. is concealing multi-decade program that captures UFOs. The U.S. is concealing a long-standing program that retrieves and reverse engineers unidentified flying objects, a former Air Force intelligence officer testified Wednesday to Congress. The Pentagon has denied his claims. Now, if you've noticed, there are more and more articles and YouTube videos about unidentified flying objects, right? We've seen a lot of that. That's been in the papers a lot recently or online. And over my lifetime, I've actually seen and we've been uh, exposed to hundreds of TV shows and movies that help us imagine if aliens are real. Right from E.T. to Close Encounters of the what Third Kind to Star Wars, and most recently, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Anybody seen that? <laughs> Just a handful of us. There's been so much talk and promotion about aliens that people are starting to believe that they are real. So a poll by Newsweek in 1996 said that 20% of Americans believed that aliens exist. And in 2022, they did the same poll, and it was up to 34% of Americans believed that aliens exist. There was a poll by the Pew Research Center in 1996, it said that 4% expected human-alien contact within the next 50 years. And I thought this was interesting. So in 2022, they said that 42% of 
of Americans expected human-alien contact over the next 200 years. So people are starting to believe in aliens. You know what's interesting about that? There is zero scientific proof that aliens exist. And I don't know what you think or, or believe about them, but I just find it really interesting that the general opinion is swaying towards Yes, I think maybe aliens actually exist with zero scientific proof. If you hear something long enough, no matter how crazy it may sound, it starts to be convincing, and we start to believe that it's true. So have you ever heard something so often that it became a truth to you? See, I heard for years that cholesterol was bad for your health, right? I mean, I just, I just heard it. It was like an accepted fact that cholesterol is bad for you. So I stopped frying my eggs in butter and started frying them in olive oil, and I've kind of just made the shift. But recently, the tide has changed, and people are starting to say that cholesterol is maybe not so bad. I went to the CDC uh, website, and it actually says this. Some types of cholesterol are essential for good health. Your body needs cholesterol to perform important jobs, such as making hormones and building cells. I'm using butter when I fry my eggs tomorrow, <laughs> right? And so is it, what is it? Is, is, is butter bad for you or is it, is it good for you? I've heard and seen articles that coffee is bad for you. It's bad, bad, bad. And then I've seen articles that say, well, coffee is good. It's good, good, good. It's good for you. Fatty foods used to be stay away from fatty foods, and now it's like your, your body needs fatty foods. And then, you know, most, most recently, vaccinations. Whoa, there's a topic. Are they good for you? Everybody, or are they bad for you? I mean, you can get experts to tell you both sides, right? Experts on CBS News, Fox News, CNN, even Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN, social media, YouTube, political candidates, celebrities, everyone is telling you the truth. But is it true? We all wonder, what is true? Just because somebody says that something is true, no matter how convincing they may be, we've learned, right, that that doesn't make it true. We need to know the truth. In John chapter 8, Jesus spoke about truth, and he said this, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you, really, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Truth brings freedom. We should all want to know truth, and yet in our culture today, there is so much confusion about what is true. And I believe that a, a primary reason for that is that we have an enemy of our soul that is rearing his ugly head in our culture today. And he is sowing an, an incredible amount of confusion and deceit. In John chapter 8, while Jesus is arguing with some Jewish leaders, he says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, 
for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The devil is a liar and the father of lies, and he is alive and well in our culture today. And tragically, he is influencing our world dramatically. He sows deceit. He sows half-truths everywhere he goes. And the reality is that a lie can seem like the truth, especially when we hear it over and over and over again until the truth is actually revealed. Proverbs 18.17 says, In a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross-examines. So in our culture today, we are being bombarded with what seems like truth. And everyone seems to be buying into it, seems to be believing it. But I believe it's time we cross-examine some of those lies. And we expose them to the truth. Because you know what actually defeats a lie? Is the truth. The truth cannot be defeated by a lie. It's like light and darkness, right? If you shine a light in the darkness, darkness is defeated every time. Not once have we seen darkness overcome light. It doesn't happen. In the same way, the truth will always overcome a lie. So today we're starting a new message series titled Truth and Lies. And each week we're going to look at a supposed truth in our society, in our world, in our culture today and expose it for what it is, just a lie. And my hope is that we will find some freedom in this because the truth will set us free. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we're going to start today by looking at a foundational lie that is in our culture and that is that there is no absolute truth, that truth is relative. We've heard the phrase, what is true for you may not be true for me. And that's just a lie. So you can turn your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. So the books of 1 and 2 Timothy were written by the Apostle Paul to a young man named Timothy who was an up-and-coming leader and pastor in the, the New Testament church. And Paul gave him a ton of advice on how to lead, how to shepherd, how to pastor well. So in this section, we're going to be in chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Paul is preparing Timothy for the future, which I believe is our present, is our present today. So let me read these four verses. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage, with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So today's message is titled, What is Truth? 
What is truth? And we're going to try to answer that today. I have a few points that you can fill in on your handouts from today's scripture, but first let me pray. Lord, you know the truth, (laughs) and you want us to know the truth. So I pray today, God, that you would help us to discern the difference between truth and a lie. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and minds. Help me to speak your message today and give us ears to hear. Because we know that when we hear the truth and we apply the truth and we know the truth, it'll set us free. It'll bring freedom that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can fill this in on your handout. The truth is, there is a supreme judge. The truth is, there is a supreme judge. Verse 1 says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. God is the supreme judge, and he will judge every one of us one day. That is just simply the truth. When John was prophesying about the last days in the book of Revelation, he said this in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 and 12. He says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. That's us. That's a depiction of the future. One day we will stand before a judge and he will judge us based on what we did with our life. Now, if we're going to be judged, we should probably want to know what is the standard for that judgment. What is right and wrong in God's eyes because that is the ultimate truth is what God believes is true. So what is that standard? Now, if we simply use the law of the land, right, what's legal and not legal as our standard, I don't think it's going to work out very well for us because the law is different in different countries. So which law do we use? And the law changes over time. It really wasn't that long ago that slavery was legal in America. A few hundred years. But it was legal to have slaves. Does that make it right to enslave somebody? No, it doesn't. In 2015, the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage. But that doesn't make it right just because it's now legal. Possession of marijuana used to be illegal across our country. And that's shifting, that's changing. 23 states have now legalized marijuana. Does that make it right? Abortion is legal in many states across our country. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. And I just thought this was interesting. Prostitution is legal in Nevada. I mean, I kind of knew that, but I didn't really comprehend that. It's legal 
in Nevada. Does that make it right? Just because it's legal? No, it doesn't. We can't use the laws of our country as our standard because they are set by politicians. <laughs> politicians aren't known for speaking the truth. So why would we use their laws as our standard of what is right and wrong? So how about our culture? Can we use the opinion of the majority as our standard? What the majority of the people think is right and what the majority of the people think is wrong, maybe we can use that as our standard. Well, that might have been the case a couple hundred years ago when our, our country in the United States was founded on biblical principles. I mean, the early settlers, many of them had come to the United States to find freedom to, to worship God the way that they knew they should. So there was an overall majority, I believe, that knew what was right and wrong because their standards were biblical. But that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. We're seeing more and more immorality in our country, and it is being approved by the majority. Have you seen any of the news articles about the flash mob robberies? Like 100, 200 young people will jam into a jewelry store and smash and grab and steal and run off. And because there's so many people, they, they don't get prosecuted, they don't get caught, and they get away with it. Well, just because the majority of your friends think it's okay to steal, that doesn't make it right, does it? And then there's this other trend that I... It really disturbs me, it's on social media, is that if anyone is seen as a, a bigot or they're seen as a bully or they're seen as a Karen or a Ken, right, that it's actually okay on video to yell at them, to call them names, to cuss them out, even to push them or trip them or punch them or beat them up. And people will say, well, they got what they deserved and they'll share that and they'll applaud it and put little heart emojis by it. So just because people think it's okay to take revenge on a supposed bully, does that make it right? No, it doesn't. We can't use our culture's opinion or the opinion of the majority as our standard of what is right or wrong. The world is struggling to know what is right or wrong today. And because of this, I think there are many people who are beginning to believe that there isn't an absolute right or wrong. They're saying it's relative. What's right for you may not be right for me, and what's right for me may not be right for you. We've heard the phrase, live your truth. Live your truth. Because that's your truth, but mine's different. It's called relativism. Relativism is the doctrine that knowledge, truth, and morality exist in relation to culture, society, or historical context and are not absolute. It's basically the idea that if I think it's right, then it's right for me. And you can't judge me for it. And if you think it's right, it's right for you, and you can't, I won't judge you for it. This concept, let me just be clear, is wrong. <laughs> C.S. Lewis 
refutes this mindset in his book, Mere Christianity. And if you want to go deep on this, I'd encourage you to read the book. He says this, but the most remarkable thing is this. Whenever you find a man who says he does not believe in a real right and wrong, you will find the same man going back on this a moment later. He may break his promise to you, but if you tried breaking one to him, he will be complaining it's not fair. It seems then we are forced to believe in a real right and wrong. The truth is there is an absolute right and wrong. And one day we will be judged by that standard. And ignorance, ignorance will not be an excuse. So what is that standard? That's number two on your handout. The standard is God's word. That's the truth. Our standard for what is right and wrong is the word of God. In verse 4, verse 2, chapter 4, verse 2, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word. The word, the Greek word used here is logos, which is defined as the divine wisdom manifest in the creation, government, and redemption of the world, and often identified with the second person of the Trinity. Divine wisdom. Paul was telling Timothy, preach divine wisdom, preach logos, preach the truth. Now, the second person in the Trinity is Jesus. He came proclaiming the word. He came proclaiming logos, the truth. But he also is the word. He is truth. John chapter 1 says this, in the beginning was the word. That's the word there is logos. In the beginning was logos and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that light was the light of all mankind. Life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 14 says, The Word, Logos, became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul is telling Timothy, preach logos, preach the truth, preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. What he said, how he lived, what he preached, what he stated was the truth. Timothy, preach it because this is the truth. I believe that we are having a crisis of truth in our society today because we are walking away from the standard of truth. We're walking away from what Jesus said was the truth. And when we walk away from the standard of truth, we walk into chaos. And everyone begins to create their own truth based on their own opinions and thoughts and experiences. And this won't work. It won't work. And I found this interesting because the reality is that each of us actually knows the truth deep down inside of our hearts. It's our conscience. We have a conscience that God has given us to help us to know what the truth is and what it is not, what is right and what is wrong. 
Romans chapter 2, verse 14 says, Indeed, when Gentiles, which is most of us here, who do not have the law, do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts. Their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them, and at other times even defending them. The law of what is right or wrong is actually written in our hearts. And so sometimes it accuses us and we feel wrong. We feel guilty for doing something or saying something, right? We've been there, amen? And other times we're like, no, my conscience is clear and it defends us. Unless our consciences have been hardened by sin, they agree with the Word of God. In the New Testament, we read about the Roman governor Pilate who had the unfortunate job of judging Jesus to decide whether he would live or die. Now, he didn't fear God. He wasn't Jewish. He didn't believe Old Testament scriptures. But even he knew what was right and wrong. In John chapter 18, verse 35, it says, Pilate replied, Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? And Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish, Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Finally, some truth. And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the, Jews, to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Even Pilate, who wasn't God-fearing, wasn't, wasn't a, a Jewish follower, but even him, he wasn't sure that this was right. He was like, I don't think we should condemn this man. It doesn't feel right to me. He knew the truth. His conscience testified towards it. Our consciences will testify toward the standard of truth, and that is the Word of God. And if we want to know the truth, it's not going to be found in, in social media and our news feeds. It's not going to be found by watching CNN or Fox News. And it's certainly not going to be found by finding out what the number one bestseller is on the New York Times this week. The only place to find truth, real truth, is here. In the Word of God. Cover to cover. But there is a problem when we study this book. And we begin to hear what the truth is, and that's your last point. The truth is not always what we want to hear. Can I get an amen on that one? And Paul was warning Timothy, was telling him what to expect. And he said in verses 3 and 4, For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, 
Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. This was written by Paul 2,000 years ago. And I believe it was helpful for Timothy as he pastored and led the church in his lifetime. But it was prophetic for today, where we are today. The time has come when people within the church are not putting up with sound doctrine. The time has come when people do not want to hear what this book says cover to cover. In fact, just this week, a friend of mine announced on Instagram, he's really a devout follower of Christ most of his life, but he announced this week, I'm no longer a Christian. And the reason he decided that was because there were sections of this Bible that he didn't agree with. And he said, you know, there are parts of it that I I just don't agree with and I don't believe are true. But there are other parts I do. And so I'm going to just believe some of it and follow some of it. So I guess that no longer makes me a Christian. Guys, this is happening all across our younger generation for sure, but it's not limited to just millennials and Gen Z and Gen Alpha. People are deconstructing their faith. They're calling it. Basically, they're taking what they know is the truth and they're starting to question all of it. And they're deciding to live by whatever sections of the Bible agree with what they want to do and reject the rest. And many of these people either stop going to church or they find a church that only preaches part of the Bible. And they surround themselves with teachers who teach what their itching ears want to hear. Guys, that is happening in our culture today. This was written 2,000 years ago, and it's happening today. Now, why is this becoming popular? Because it's human nature. We don't want to hear somebody tell us what we think or believe or are doing is wrong. We want people to tell us what we want to hear. Two, a couple weeks ago, I went to the doctor, and I haven't been to a doctor in a few years, and uh, so I went and had a physical, and, and he came back to me, and he said, everything looks good except for you have like, like a little bit of high pressure, high blood pressure. I'm like, what? I've never had high blood pressure. You must be wrong. <laughs> so I kind of ignored him, you know. Thanks, Doc. I'm leaving now. And then uh, I was on our mission trip, and Melissa is our resident doctor on our mission trip. And, and uh, I said, do you have a blood pressure cuff? She said, yeah. So I put it on, and I uh, took my blood pressure, and it was still a little high. And I said, you know, it must be the caffeine I had this morning. I just, can't be true, right? And so that's, isn't that what we do? If we hear something that we don't want to believe, we just tend to not believe it. And we, we go somewhere, who will tell me that I don't have high blood pressure? I'm going to find that person, and that's who I'm going to surround myself with. Because we don't want to hear those things. But the, just because I don't want to hear it doesn't make it true. I actually 
tested high with high blood pressure twice. Must be a mistake. (laughs) The word of God is the truth. Even if we don't want to hear it, even if we don't believe it, that does not make it any less true. This is our standard. This is our standard. So if, if this is the standard, then we have to decide what we're going to do with our lives. Are we going to ignore it and act like it's not and live by our truth? Or are we going to accept the truth, see what it says, and live by it? Because one day we will be judged by it, every one of us. And not just us, our kids and our families and our friends and our coworkers, those around us. And in that day, ignorance will not be an excuse. Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11 talk about that day. It says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As I read that, I know that many of you today you had something resonate in your heart because when you hear truth, your spirit testifies to it because that is the truth. One day, every person will acknowledge that Jesus is the King, that He is the Lord. And it is to our advantage to acknowledge it while we're still here on earth. Here's your last fill-in. Truth is truth whether we like it or not. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.